0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talking a Bunch of Hoopla. I hope you liked the little the little note there that I presented you all. So this past week, or at least this past weekend as well, we had the Anthony Joshua uh, andy Ruiz uh, rematch in Saudi Arabia. I'm going to go over kind of some today or well, Sunday NFL review and some playoff updates. Going to discuss some college football ranking updates whether or not OBJ should leave Cleveland, and finally, talk about what's going on in the NBA and with the New York Knicks. So let's just start with the Joshua Ruiz fight. Now, I'm not the biggest boxing fan, but I was excited to see how this could have went, mainly because it would have been nice to see Ruiz, you know, beat Joshua again, and then most likely, he'd have to go and fight Deontay Wilder, and then if he had won that, which is not going to happen, of course, he would be like the eight different champion of boxing because currently Anthony Joshua after he beat Ruiz is the IBF, IBO, WBA, and WBO heavyweight title holder. That's a lot of titles for boxing. I still don't get why there's like 15 different like heavyweight titles in boxing. I'm sure there's an explanation for it and I'm sure there's like some old tradition reason why they're like that but until I Google research that, I still will not get it and, and uh, don't understand. So with this Anthony Joshua Ruiz fight, the biggest thing that I noticed was that Ruiz didn't throw a lot of punches overall. It seemed like Joshua from very early on was dominating the majority of the fight. There was a couple of rounds where Ruiz fought really well, but Joshua pretty much contained all the momentum for like the whole fight in my opinion. Because for total punches... Ruiz threw 261 and landed 60. 22 of those were uh, body punches. Joshua threw 373 punches. 107 of those landed, while 17 were body punches. And then for jabs, uh, Joshua threw 270, landed 65. 11 were body shots. Ruiz threw 131, landed only 23. Six were body shots. And then for power punches, uh, Joshua threw 103, landed 42. While Ruiz threw 130, landed only 37, while 16 were body shots. That is insane. Mainly because watching the fight, it very much felt that uh, Ruiz had a plan of pretty much countering Joshua for the fight. And yet, you know, and having Joshua kind of be more offensive... While Ruiz would, like like I said, counter and be more defensive with his punches. But that didn't happen. That didn't go the way he wanted to. And his plan failed. Like, the game plan just went to shit very fast. Because even in the first round, he got cut. Yes, Joshua also was cut in the second round. But still, still in the first round, you're already getting cut. You're already getting, like, fucking domed up. You're getting pieced up in the first round. I also kind of felt like he didn't have that hunger that he had the first fight, in my opinion. You know, because obviously... Once he beat Joshua, he kind of became this, like, new star. You know, he was the, the guy who didn't fit the part of, like, a, what a heavyweight champion is supposed to look like and all that stuff. He wasn't, like, a traditional-looking champion, while Anthony Joshua was, like, this model, great-looking guy. I'm sure he just his life just crushes as in general. You know, he's, like, the generic-looking guy that you expect to be, like, some like a heavyweight champion, you know, that, like, kind of guy you can promote a lot. Because he's good looking and people want to see him win or see him lose. Ruiz, on the other hand, is a chubby, well, you can say fat guy, you know, tattoos and, you know, he doesn't look the part. And then beats Joshua is like the next underdog story, which I'm sure we'll get like a 30 for 30 in like the next 10 years about this fight. And then, you know, now he's a star. Now he's all great. Everyone loves him. He's, just super, he's super big on social media now. And then now he's kind of back to square one in a sense I'm not saying completely but I think he really needs to kind of take a step back you know get his get his you know everything back in order mentally and kind of calm down from like the cloud attack he got when he won and kind of just you know hopefully get a different game plan if he gets a third fight which I'm sure he will I wouldn't be surprised the face Eddie Hearn made though at the end of the fight when talking about it like it may seem like he won the lottery and he's like yo I just got fucking paid Let's run this shit back one more time please and thank you cuz my wallet is looking a little small even though I just got paid a lot I need some more money in my fucking pocket cuz he had cuz I know he was the promoter for the KSI Logan Paul fight which if you're not sure who they are they're a bunch of YouTubers who started to do boxing and then that was like super successful with that and it was also on his own as was the Joshua Ruiz fight and now I'm sure we're going to get a trilogy fight and then Whoever wins that one will probably face Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder will just keep beating the shit out of other guys until he gets Anthony Joshua or Ruiz, depending on how those fights go. So we'll see how that ends up with that. I don't know. It was kind of a disappointing fight, but it's that seems to like happen a lot when it comes to these kind of like rematch fights where like the underdog wins and now he's like the, you know a story champion for a bit, and everyone in like the you know pop culture loves him. Until, you know, the guy who he beat is real fucking pissed because he lost his title. And now he's, you know, re-motivated and now he's taking it more serious. He's like, all right, I was fucking around for a bit, but now we're back. And I'm coming back for my title whether you like it or not. Here I am. So that happened. Not really shocked. Uh, But... Boxing in general, to me, is still kind of confusing because what's the deal with these filler fights before the main event? Because before the Ruiz-Joshua fight, there was, like, this four-round fight where this 18-year-old kid fought a 31-year-old. Allegedly, the dude looked like he was 50 years old and had grandkids. And then when he knocked him out, the dude, like, flailed, you know, onto the floor. It's like, uh, I'm not saying the kid didn't knock him out. I'm sure he did. But the guy's like, may seem like he just died. Like, bro, I mean, again... I didn't say I'm not saying the kid didn't rock a shit. He probably could have and the but the way it looked looked like he hit him good and then the guy he hit was just like, "Okay, now I got to sell it more." It's like this isn't a WWE. Just get knocked the fuck out. Just go in the ground. You don't have to make a scene. Just I mean, I say this as if I'm some fucking KO expert and I'm not, but it just looked weird to me. The fact that boxing does these feather fights is still very confusing to me, but if you're a boxing fan, please explain that to me. I don't really understand that at all. But let me know your thoughts. You know, what was your thoughts on the whole, you know, Ruiz-Joshua fight? Do you think there'll be a third one or do you think, nah, I think we're good with uh, the two that we got. We're fine and we can move on and let Joshua fight Wilder for fi- uh, for once. And then we can move on with our lives and Ruiz can try to, you know, get his way back to the title. Or should there be a trilogy fight? You know, should they go all, you know, three fights and then whoever wins that will face Wilder or Fury or whoever. And then, you know, we can go from there. Please let me know your thoughts on that. And let's just jump right into, you know, NFL Sunday today. All right, NFL fans. It's currently week 14 of the NFL regular season. This past Thursday, the Bears beat the Cowboys 31-24, to which, I mean, here's the thing with Jason Garrett and the Cowboys. Um, Jason Garrett has proven He cannot win with this team. I don't think it's going to happen. Also, I don't think they're going to do anything if Jerry Jones is still in the positions he is. Now, am I saying he should sell the team? I don't really care whether he does or not. But being the GM and president and whatever the fuck else he is, you're not going to do that and be successful. I'm sorry. You know, you need other people who are more experienced than you and have at least, in my opinion, have more like at least a better IQ when it comes to all this than you because it comes off very biased and all that that he's just doing everything himself. And also, he's employed his family too within the company. I'm sure they're doing a fine job, but obviously who they have in the front office and as their, you know, on their coaching staff cannot do anything with the team that they have. You know, they have a decent or a really good quarterback in Dak Prescott. You have a really great running back in Ezekiel Elliott. Jason Witten came out of fucking retirement to help y'all, and it's not working. Your defense isn't that bad. I believe there's some injury issues within the defense, but that that shit just happens. So there really isn't anything you could do about that. And wide receiver wise, you know, Randall Cobb, you know, Michael Gallup, Mari Cooper, all great wide receivers, in my opinion. You know, Mari Cooper's been playing really great for the Cowboys, and it seems like he'll probably be there for a long time. And it's like, y'all can't figure it out. It kind of reminds me of the Steelers for a while. You have Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and you can't do shit with them. Like, sure, you can play great in the regular season. That's all fine and dandy. But when it comes to the playoffs, y'all shit the bed every time. I just I don't understand that at all. I'm sorry. I really don't. So until the Cowboys figure it out, which I don't really think they will anytime soon, that's just going to be their story until, until they do. So good luck, Cowboys fans. I wish the best for you all. Your reality is you're not really a great you know team right now. But hey, eventually quote-unquote America's team will turn it around at some point, I'm sure. Kellen Moore maybe isn't the, you know, the answer to your problems, but I'm sure someone will figure it out. Maybe get Jerry Jones' head out of his own ass for once, but that's just my opinion on that. On to the rest of the NFL, though. You had a big game today between Baltimore and Buffalo. Baltimore won 24-17. There were some calls, though, that, you know, the referees kind of missed a bit, but hey, Baltimore is 11-2, and as a Ravens fan uh i'm ecstatic right now with how they're playing they're 11 and 2 three games away for being 14 and 4 they play the jets on thursday so hopefully that you know they can come back strong on thursday beat the jet and keep it moving and then after that um packers beat the redskins 20 to 15 which by the way is way too close i feel like for a green bay team that's at least i thought was really good this year yes they did win and that's obviously most important but you almost lost to the Redskins. That's not something you really want to say for a team that's supposed to make a playoff run. I, that's just how I see that. Next, you have the 49ers beating the Saints 48-46 to with a Robbie Gould field goal to win at the end of the game. Shout-out to them. Shout-out to Joe. Jimmy G played lights out, had, I believe, had like over 300 yards Like, four touchdowns, went 24 for 36, I believe. Dude was balling the fuck out today. Browns beat the Bengals 27-19. Okay, that's not really important. Panthers lost to the Falcons say 40-20, solidifying their elimination from the playoffs this year. Uh, Jets beat the Dolphins 22-21. So, you know, they're kind of up and down, it seems like, for some odd reason with the Jets. You know, they'll play well for a few games and then shit the bed when it comes to playing the worst team in the league and then come back and beat the Jets by a point. So I don't know how the fuck they're going to play against Baltimore. I'm very confused by this team, so that's with that. The Chiefs beat the Patriots today, 23-16. Now, I didn't catch the whole game, to be completely honest. I was kind of in and out because I was working on some stuff for all the podcasts and YouTube stuff. But nonetheless, I know there's a lot of calls that people felt the refs missed a lot of. I know one of the big things was the Nikhil Harry, well, play where he used to score a touchdown, but they, the refs said his foot was out. Yeah, if you watch the replay, his foot was clearly in. So there's that, among other calls that you know were missed. But hey, Patriots fans, shit just happens. All right, I don't, I know, I'm sure some fans are saying, oh, the refs are going out for the Patriots, or they had it out for them, or you know, blah 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 blah. It's like, hey, blown calls happen all the fucking time. It seems like, and I know I'm a little biased because I have a dislike for the Patriots, but seeing Patriots fans when it happens to them, they seem to complain more than when it happens to the team that they're the patriots are playing you know if, if this was happening to the chiefs today instead of the you know the patriots patriots fans would be singing a different song right now they'd be like oh why are you complaining why are you, you know oh oh you're you know oh you missed you, that's not what happened blah blah blah. Or that calls bullshit. you know they didn't they didn't that actually didn't happen it's like hey bad calls happen accept it move on you know you're still probably gonna make the playoffs you're more than likely gonna win the division. I really don't see the Bills, you know, taking over the AFC East this year personally. Not that the Bills are bad, just how the Patriots play and how they are at least over the last decade or so. They're probably going to squeak it out in the last moment and be AFC East champions and then probably get the second seed it seems like. I don't know we'll we'll see what that. After that, you have the Titans beating the Raiders 42 to 21. Arizona Cardinals low key fuck you. Uh mainly because if you would have beat the Steelers today, Baltimore could've won the AFC North. But hey, for Baltimore to win the AFC North is just to beat the Jets on uh on Thursday. And then from there, you know, they're AFC North champions. So that's that's fine. Currently the Rams are playing the Seahawks and the Rams are completely beating the dog shit out of the Seahawks. Right now it's currently twenty-eight to nine It's the fourth quarter with like eight minutes and 45 seconds left. Russell Wilson so far is 19 for 28 for 203 yards. Chris Carson has 14 carries on 71 yards. DK Metcalf is their leading receiver right now with five receptions for 69 yards. On the Rams side, we have Jared Goff. Jared Goff going 22 for 31, 293 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions at the moment. Uh, Apparently, Cooper Cup threw a pass. I didn't see it because I'm currently recording. So, I'm kind of missing the game, as I said. Todd Gurley currently has 20 carries for 76 yards and a touchdown. Malcolm Brown, two carries, one yard, one touchdown. Congrats to him. Tyler Higby, seven receptions, 116 yards. And Robert Woods, also seven receptions, 98 yards. So, good on the fucking, the receiving core right now for the fucking Rams. They're balling out against a Seahawks team they didn't. They lost to not too long ago. No, this is just showing, hey... The Rams really want that fucking playoff spot, and they're busting their ass to do it. So, you know, shout out to them for that. Um, Let's see who's the Monday game real quick before I, you know, continue on to the next topic. Currently, the Monday night game is the Giants and Eagles. The fact that uh, the Redskins, Eagles, and Cowboys all have a shot at the NFC East title and a playoff spot is fucking amazing. Do I think either of those teams will make a deep playoff run? Absolutely not. Cowboys will probably get eliminated within the first round, And then, oh, no, we're bad, and Jason Garrett will probably get fired. But I also believe there's a report that came out that said he won't be the coach if they don't make the NFC Championship this year. So I really don't see them beating the 49ers or the Saints or the Seahawks or the Vikings in the playoffs, personally. I just don't see it unless they somehow, when it comes to playoffs, pull some shit out of their ass, decide, you know what? We're going to play again. All right, guys, let's figure out what the right plays are. Then let's study more film apparently or do or do something different than what we've been doing. And let's fucking win. Okay? Let's fucking win. Please. My sanity and my job is at stake, people. But I don't think that's gonna happen because it's more of like a giant thing to happen. Where giants can go in the playoffs like seven and nine, eight and eight, and then just fucking crush everybody in the playoffs. But we'll see what happens with that. And this coming week though. The big games that I see that are really going to affect the playoffs is you have the Bills and Steelers next Sunday at 820. That's a big game for those for both those teams, honestly, because they're both going for a wild-card spot at this point, and whoever wins is definitely... I feel like if the Steelers lose, though, that'll be more effective in the wild-card race than it would be if the Bills lost because there's so many teams that are close behind the Steelers that can swoop in at the last second to take that wildcard spot over Pittsburgh um let's see what else we also have the Rams Cowboys at 425 next Sunday that's also a big game obviously if the Cowboys lose that'll give the Eagles a better chance to win that division if they perform well for the rest of the week um which I don't know if they will but you know it is what it is you also have the Vikings Chargers which is you know important for both those teams um let's see what else we got here Broncos Chiefs Chiefs pretty much are they they're in the playoffs they they won their they won their division so they're good with that Eagles Redskins is a big game because either team will you know especially if one of the if like say the Eagles win Cowboys lose that gives the Eagles now a closer chance to win that division um, Texas Titans is a big game they're going for the AFC South right now so that's still up for grabs so we'll see how that goes besides that I think you have like the Packers and Bears. Uh, I know the NFC North isn't at the moment claimed, so that's still up for grabs. Again, there's the, you know, especially if you're in fantasy football, these are big weeks coming up. These next couple of weeks, you know, a lot of teams are gonna be making moves. A lot of teams are gonna be winning divisions. A lot of teams are gonna be losing divisions. And then the playoff race will start, and then everyone will freak out more about what's happening than we already are. I know the MVP race is still in a tight, you know, tight race between Russell Wilson and uh, my quarterback my favorite quarterback Lamar Jackson. You can tell there is ex- there's zero bias in me saying that at all, not because I'm a Ravens fan. Even though he did just break the single season record uh for rushing yards as a quarterback that was previously held by Michael Vick. So shout out to Lamar Jackson one time. Thank you, thank you. I said thank you as if I am Lamar Jackson and that I am now the, you know, a record holder which I'm not. I wish, but I can't run for shit i'm fat and i can't run so i don't know why i said that with a southern accent you know i can't really run fast i'm also fat i love me some football on a friday saturday and sunday night i love texas that's also offending everybody and i'm sure the state of texas so i apologize to anybody who listens there because i'm sure i just pissed one of your cousins off or whoever the fuck listens to this you also got houston texans were playing well so there's that uh (laughs) Currently in the standings, let's pull it up real fast. The Bills are a game behind the Patriots in the AFC East race. Chiefs, like I said, won the AFC West. Ravens are pretty much a lock for the AFC North as long as they beat the Jets this Thursday. Uh, AFC South is still up for grabs. Both the Texans and Titans are 8-5. and five, So pretty much whoever wins that will be the leader of the AFC South division. Let's see what else we got here. That, that was the AFC-NFC. Cowboys and Eagles for the NFC East are still very close. Redskins are pretty much out of it, I believe, at this point uh, after reevaluating my reading skills uh, because they're currently 3 10, and I think they're pretty much out. Uh, But also, I don't know because the Cowboys could lose out as, you know, the Eagles could win one and then lose the rest of the game. So I don't know how that's going to work out. 49ers, Seahawks are still very close into, you know, switching positions for the NFC West. Um, Rams could get us, you know, wildcard position if possible uh nfc north is still up for grabs you know vikings are a game behind the packers they're nine and four packers are 10 and three and nfc south saints 10 and three buccaneers six and seven panthers five and eight falcons four and nine saints pretty much have the nfc south that's pretty much a lock you know these next couple weeks are very important uh i wish the best of luck to all of you fancy football uh owners because whoever's in the playoffs i'm sure you're maybe low-key freaking out depending on you know where you're at in the waiver system at the moment and, you know, what injuries you're probably going through because, at least in my league, I know a lot of the people in my league are dealing with injury issues, injury issues, excuse me, as I am myself. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster's out. Um, I picked up Darius Geis and waiver wire. Thankfully, I didn't start him because he got injured. I think he sprained his MCL, if I'm correct. I know Josh Jacobs was questionable. I don't remember if he played or not. Who else was hurt? I know there's a bunch of other players hurt at the moment. That i can't think of but you get the big old gist of it you know obviously if you know someone who's in a fantasy football league in the playoffs you know whether it's your significant other whether it's yourself whether it's a friend a co-worker you know whoever it is you're maybe like like a family member you may kind of talk to sometimes about sports but you kind of really don't talk to them all the time you know just give them some words of encouragement it's a rough time right now There's, you know, some overthinking going on. There's some panic. There's some kind of like, oh, fuck. All right. I don't know what to do now. I I may lose this wild card spot this first round, you know, this first round game because this person isn't performing. But I still have one player tomorrow and they need just this certain amount of points to win. have the utmost faith in you as a person and as a fantasy football owner. All I'm going to say is stick with your gut. Go with your first option. Just like they tell you in school, if you have an answer that you're pretty sure it is, stick to the first option because nine times out of ten, statistically, 18 times out of ten, you're going to get it right. So do that. Stick to your guns. If you feel that you want to start Julio Jones next week, start fucking Julio Jones. Maybe that's not the best decision, but hey, only one way to find out. Am I right? Yes. Thank you. That's it for the NFL segment of this podcast today. Um, actually, incorrect because I'm going (laughs) to, haha, I fucking lied because uh, I'm stupid and I can't read my notes, apparently. Next, I'm going to briefly touch on the whole OBJ leaving Cleveland thing, do a quick update to the college football playoff rankings, and then do a quick little rant about the Knicks and what the fuck is happening with them, because it's just getting worse. So for the college football playoff, uh, we have some update to the you know to the floor right now. So we have LSU at number one, previously number two. Ohio State uh, is number two, previously number one. Clemson stays at three. Oklahoma uh, moved up from six to four after beating Baylor, who is now number seven. So they didn't really move too much. They didn't actually move at all. Oregon made a huge jump. They went from 13 to six after they beat Utah. And Utah went from five down to 11. There, there's been a lot of movement. Oh, what else do we have here? Let's see. So we're currently running like, ranking out the top 10. We have LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, Oregon, Baylor, Wisconsin, Florida, and Penn State. If the college football playoff was today, it'd be LSU versus Oklahoma and Ohio State versus Clemson. Oh, God, that's tough because Oklahoma is a great team. Jalen Hurts has been playing well. CeeDee Lamb has been also playing well. Their defense is solid. LSU has been just dominating the shit out of people this year. Joe Burrows, it looks like he's going to get the Heisman this year the way he's been playing. And LSU's, like, front line is just ridiculous this year. They're so stacked. Ohio State versus Clemson's going to be interesting because you have, you know, guys who came out at the same time, I believe. I think, if I'm correct, for the, the, like, ranking for... uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on this all of a sudden. For the high school ranking coming into college, it was Justin Fields first and then Trevor Lawrence second or vice versa. So it would be a battle of, like, the two top quarterbacks coming out of college last season. Coming out of high school, excuse me, last season, so... It should be interesting. We'll see how that goes. But if I had like a gun to my head, had to pick who I think's going to the championship, I if the playoffs were today, like I said, probably say it'd be LSU uh versus probably Ohio State. I just think Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins have been playing phenomenally this year. And having Chase Young on your team definitely, you know, brings that level of uh please don't fucking hit me as hard as you can because I may die, you know, kind of feel. That you get when you when you're aligning going across and you're like fuck I gotta defend this fucking guy the guy who's leading sacks right now nah I'm I'm fucking good I'm good on that possible first overall pick in next year's draft depending on how on how that goes of course but it's gonna be interesting it's interesting also too that Alabama dropped a spot they went from twelve sorry they went from thirteen no 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 I'm I'm dumb they went from twelve to thirteen. Thank you, John, for uh, not being stupid. You're welcome. Thank you. I just talked to myself on my own podcast. That's not weird at, at all. You know, I'm not. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to continue now. So back to all that. Uh, this this is going to get interesting. It looks like, though, from like a lot of like the other awards that are being you know finalized right now with like the finalists, it looks like Joe Burrow is at the moment in the lead for the Heisman, unless Jalen Hurts or Trevor Lawrence pull some shit out of the ass or even J.K. Dobbins or even, hey, Justin Fields. They all do something just to blow Joe Burrow out of the water because it looks like Joe Burrow is the guy that's going to win the Heisman this year. And by the way, hi he fuck Gary Danielson because he was talking during the LSU-Georgia game that Joe Burrow has broke the mold for what a quarterback is. That doesn't make any sense at all because that's not even true. He's a great quarterback, yes, but he's not this like revolutionary guy who's changing the way the quarterback position it will be played for the next 40 years. Cuz if that's the case, you want to name players who are breaking the mold, you have like Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, guys who can pass really well but also can destroy you on their feet. You know, we're used to seeing pocket passers, guys who drop back five steps, five steps, seven steps. Maybe do check down pass, maybe bomb down the field. Maybe, you know, do however kind of play they want to run. You know, that's the quarterback we see. It's like always like some six, four super tall white guy from like California. It's like, that's not really mold breaking. I'm sure. Well, I'm fairly certain that Joe Burrow is not from California. I'm sure he's from the South, but nonetheless, he's not a mold breaker. Sure. He's a great quarterback, and will probably be the first quarterback taken in this draft in 2020. In no way is this man a mold breaker. Maybe he's a mold breaker for LSU quarterbacks. You can kind of make that argument. They haven't had the greatest history of quarterbacks, uh, i.e. Jamarcus Russell. That I can give you. I'll give you that argument, but you're not saying overall as a quarterback, because he he has he has not. Shit, even Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow really broke the mold, too, for what a quarterback is, and I can keep naming other quarterbacks but I will not do that because then we'll just be listing other great quarterbacks in college football. And no one wants to hear me do that. So, exactly. I'm saving your time. So, next and finally, I'm going to get into this whole Odell Beckham Jr., Cleveland to possibly New England thing. As I have mentioned in previous parts of this podcast, I was going to talk about the Knicks. On Tuesday, I'm going to release a video on my YouTube channel just dedicated to that itself and just how I think the Knicks can be fixed, hopefully, you know, from the opinion of someone who isn't the biggest basketball fan. So that should be interesting. So look out for that. So OBJ, as I'm sure if you are aware, if you are an NFL fan, hasn't contributed very much to the Cleveland Browns this year. I mean, neither has most of the players on the team because they don't have the greatest record. You know, coming in, it was, you know, speculated and reported how, oh, Jarvis Landry and OBJ are teaming up again. So it's this next great, you know, wide receiver tandem in the NFL you know, they're best friends, they're gonna play great, they're gonna bring Cleveland to a Super Bowl and they're gonna live happily ever after. Y'all forgot that they play for the Cleveland Browns. I don't know what happened with them, I don't know what's going on, but expected, they're shitting the bed. And that's not surprising. Is Freddie Kitchens the answer? Doesn't fucking seem like it. Doesn't seem like anybody's the answer. To be honest, and I have a weird theory. When it comes to this, I think for the Browns to win again, they need their star player's last name to be Brown and their head coach to be Brown for Paul Brown and Jim Brown because they were good when they had those guys. When the Browns were running the Browns, they were fucking crushing it. Jim Brown was like doing things at the running back position that nobody does. Paul Brown was, you know, a great coach, changing the way coaches are in the NFL, and they were winners. But since they both left, they're losers. They haven't been winners in a long time. I mean, they had 2007, but that's because Peyton Hill has decided, I'm going to play really well this season, and I'm going to fucking dip right afterwards. So thanks for putting me on the Madden cover, though. Totally dope. But back on topic, I honestly wouldn't be surprised seeing OBJ go to New England. Not very hard to figure out that OBJ wasn't very happy in Cleveland mainly because he's not being utilized properly or well at all. You know, he's a 1,000-yard receiver. You know, he's one of, like, you could say he's a top-five receiver when he's, you know, healthy and active. And the fact that they didn't do anything with him and Jarvis Landry honestly played better statistically than OBJ has, and OBJ's having honestly, like the worst like year of his career so far, which is insane to say. I, I just don't know. I don't know what's going on in Cleveland. I don't know how they're going to fix themselves. Maybe trading OBJ is the answer. You know, they'll free up that cap space. You know, maybe they get some draft picks for him, you know, move on from that because I don't, I don't know what else they can really do to fix themselves, nor do I honestly care. Personally, as a Ravens fan, I'm cool with it. And to clarify to all the people who say, The Ravens were just the Cleveland Browns. You're incorrect because once the Ravens moved... Sorry, once the Cleveland Browns moved to Baltimore and then became the Cleveland... Wow, I'm fucking rushing because I'm so angry talking about this. Once Cleveland moved to Baltimore and then became the Baltimore Ravens, the records that Cleveland had up to 96 were not followed to the Ravens, okay? It's proven that the Browns just ceased operations for a couple years because in 1999, they came back... And then, you know, here we are. Baltimore Ravens are not the Cleveland Browns. I don't care what anybody says. Just because Art Moldell was still the owner and Ozzie Newsom was like, hey, I want to win, so I'm coming to Baltimore. They didn't have to fire Belichick, but obviously it worked out for the best my take on that but i wouldn't be surprised if new england shelled out like a first round and a third round in this year's draft and then like whatever in 2020 for like a sixth round or whatever the fuck and then obj goes to new england they'll make it far in the playoffs they maybe win a super bowl together and then obj will probably either retire or like go to another team or something you know do what randy moss couldn't do even though None of that was really Randy Moss's fault, in my opinion, because he had a great year that year. He had 23 touchdowns, but you know that's not the point here. But also, I feel like it'll be kind of upsetting for Cleveland fans if OBJ just left after a year. It's like, hey, I, I, hey, I tried. I gave you guys a year. I'm not gonna keep wasting my fucking time playing for teams that are not successful. He wants to go play for a team that is gonna win, and I totally understand that. When especially athletes, they don't know how long much how much longer they have in the league or how much time they have left, you know, performing at the level they do before something happens injury-wise or, you know, they may lose their love of the sport or something or, you know, something else. Maybe outside of the, you know, football thing happens. God forbid. I mean, would I be pissed as an NFL fan if OBJ went to uh, New England? Uh, 100,000 fucking percent. It'll still be entertaining to watch seeing Tom Brady, you know, finally have a, you know, number one receiver since Randy Moss back in 2007. Um, and yes, I'm saying Edelman is not the number one receiver because obviously when Gronk was around, that was that was his role. So that's that. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this offseason goes, to be honest. I'm sure a lot of changes will be made. A lot of trades will be interesting, uh, especially during the draft, depending on how teams go that way. I don't know. It also depends still on who like still stays or declares. You There, be, there may be some surprising players, some surprising players, excuse me. Who decided to stay for their senior seasons? It's very possible. But let me know your thoughts. You know, do you care if OBJ goes to New England? Do you not give a shit at all? Are you a Cleveland fan or are you upset at him for what he's done to you? All you college football fans, you know, what's your take on the playoffs so far? Do you like where the top four are at? You know, do you think someone's being snubbed? Do you th- How do you feel about Alabama dropping to 13 too? Because that's, that's a big thing too. Very surprising. Pretty much all I have for today. Thank you for making it this far if you did. I'd appreciate it a whole lot if you shared it, you know, rated it on Apple Podcasts and wherever other places you are able to rate podcasts. You know, like I said, share it with your friends, family, anybody in your life who is a sports fan. Hopefully they would enjoy this and come back next week. And please feel free to tweet me or uh, message my Instagram suggestions for future podcasts, things you want me to talk about, things you want me to discuss or things you want me to rant on or, you know, anything and everything. Please feel free to do that. Again, thank you if you made it this far. I truly do appreciate it. And I will see you all next Monday. And also, be on the lookout for this video about the the Knicks and how they're bad. And, you know, maybe there's time for them to uh, come back and maybe, you know, redeem themselves. You know, maybe get a couple good years in and maybe win an NBA Finals. I know that's that's a tough task, being the Knicks. But, hey, crazier things have happened. So, thank you. And I'll see you all next week.